have to keep pushing. Um, and when we push, push means um, you may not like all of it. And uh, I was telling somebody today, when you hear this kind of word, uh, you get mad. You get mad. Now, when you get mad, there's two different ends of the spectrum you can go to. You can go from mad and end up sad or go from mad and end up glad. Well, how do you go from mad to sad? When you get mad, reject the word, and then destruction is going to meet you on, on the other side. The Bible says we are not of those who draw back to perdition or destruction. So you can get mad and draw back, and you're going to just end up in destruction. The Bible says the destruction of the, uh, the uh, poor is their poverty. So you can get mad and then end up poor, broke, buzzer, disgusted, and in destruction. Or you can get mad and say, you know what, doggone it, I'm mad about my situation where I am. I'm going to heed the word of God. I'm going to listen to what God says through the man and woman of God. I'm going to do it, and then you're going to end up glad. All right? So my hope is that all of you all are heading that direction down there towards, towards glad. Amen? That means i got to make you mad a little bit. Not because I enjoy making you mad. Is that you have to get mad about where you are. My wife and I got mad about where we were. And once, once we got mad, my wife will tell you, this, she's told a story many times about the, the pancake and chicken day. Mad. I had the nerves to tell her, this ain't a good time to be buying pancakes and, you know, pancakes and chicken. And she got mad. And I just, I grabbed the kids and got out the house. Save, save the kids. Came on, she been throwing a whole bunch of stuff away. Not just her stuff, not our stuff, not my stuff. Anybody throwing her stuff. She got mad at poverty. You have to get mad at it, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't get mad at sickness, you'll stay sick. Glory to God. If you don't get mad about your physical condition, you know, wow. I'm carrying all this weight. Well, if you don't ever get mad about that, you're going to always carry weight. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Brother Luke, thank you so much. Thank you. And great, great ministry tonight, too. You did a great job. Good job. You can head on. I know they're heading on next door with the, with the teens over there, sir. Thank you. We'll, we'll read in acapella. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Thank you, Lord. I'm excited. I, I, I wanted that bell, man. I looked for it. I, I looked all, scoured the internet. I said, I got to have a way to celebrate with everybody. Man. I told them, y'all go, go celebrate. They went the way y'all Capitol Grill and ate a nice meal, yes. cheesecake factory for dessert. You gotta celebrate those little milestones. Yeah, give give your soul in it. Hallelujah! And I want to celebrate with you every every time. Every time. I know what it feels like. It feels so good. 
to be out of debt and don't owe anybody on the planet a dime and can do whatever God says do and don't have to give a second thought to it. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Lord. All right, you in Deuteronomy chapter 8? Okay, verse 7 through 10. Let's read that together. Ready? Read. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Again, verse 9 says this land we're going to, this land we're going to is a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, without rationing, without uh, having to have portion control. Well, you don't have to have either or. You can have uh, and also. You can upsize, biggest size. You can, you can get a second helping of anything. Get a second helping. I said, I'm not talking about food. <laughs> a second helping in which you will lack nothing. Now, Father, thank you today, tonight, for this word. I thank you, Lord. I have already prayed, and I believe that, God, you've heard me tonight, and you desire to speak to your people. Lord, I ask you again openly for that your people would have, have ears to hear and eyes to see, hearts to perceive that which you speak through my mouth tonight. I ask you for the anointing to rest upon these lips of clay. Allow me to speak your word tonight with clarity. Allow me to speak your word with boldness. Allow me to speak your word with the anointing that's needed to destroy yokes and remove every burden. Tonight, have your way in this place. We receive your word with thanksgiving, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, lacking nothing, part three. Lacking nothing, part three. Hallelujah. Now, we've been saying, uh, again, through the last two messages here, that there should be no lack in any area of our lives whatsoever. No lack in any area of our lives whatsoever. We've identified what lack looks like. If, you're, if there's a sickness in your body, uh, there's a, it's a lack of something. There's a lack of some uh, nutrient. There's a lack of some vitamin. There's a lack of some mineral. There's a lack of some uh, uh, activity that you need in your body when you're sick. Uh, if your marriage is in trouble, there's a lack of love. There's a lack of trust. There's a lack of respect. There's a lack of honor. If your children are out of line, there's a, there's a lack of obedience and a lack of submission and so forth. Uh, if you're, if you're um, uh, emotionally, if you're um, depressed or uh, feeling low, there's a lack of joy, right? There's a lack of gladness. Um, if you're struggling in ministry, there's a lack of time with God. I said you're, there's a lack of time with God. If you're feeling distant from God. It's from a lack of fellowship with God. I told you this, I think it was Sunday, that you all, every one of us, we're as close to God as we choose to be. We're as close to God as we choose to be. The Bible says if we draw nine to him, he'll draw nine to us. So we're, every, we're always as close to God as we choose to be. Amen? Y'all struggle with that. 
We're always as close to God as we choose to be. No, I want to be closer. Well, just draw closer and he'll be closer to you. It's just, don't go by how you feel. Go by what the word of God says. Got it? So we know, I think it's probably most easy for us to identify what lack looks like financially. Because once again, I'm going to teach on money. <laughs> Amen. So lack financially, you know it's when you don't have enough. You don't have enough for your needs. And I want to add in, I'm going to push you tonight, you don't have enough for your desires. Because needs are supposed to be uh, met always. Come on now. My God shall supply all your needs. Your need. Is that Philippians 4.19? According to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Matthew 6, Jesus says, your father, heavenly father already knows you have need of all these things. Right? So don't even ask about those things. So when you and I, when, when, when I want us to see this here. This is, this is, this is going to be uh, heavy if, if, you, if, you, if you'll take it. If we're talking, about, we're talking about lack financially, we're talking about not enough for your desires. Now understand, if you don't have enough for your needs, you definitely don't have enough for your desires. So I'm not, I'm not getting rid of the part about not having enough for your needs. But if you don't have enough for your needs, you definitely don't have enough for your desires. I wanna, want you to understand that God uh, wants to push us into the area of desires and wants that you shouldn't have lack when it comes to your desires and wants. Uh, pro, uh, Psalm 21, verse 2, David says, uh, you have given the king uh, his heart's desire and have not withheld the request of his lips. Psalm 37, verse 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Mark eleven twenty four. what things ever you desire, King James Version, what things ever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. That's all desires. This is the Wednesday night crowd, right? Yeah. All right, be honest with me. How many of y'all have desires? Okay. All right, so, so if we have desires, uh, if, if I don't have enough for my desires, I'm in lack. Somebody, I'm just trying to get my needs met. I understand that. I understand. You ought to know then you're in lack if you don't have your needs met. I don't have to identify that. Any, any, any bozo off the street knows that. God wants to have all your needs met and all your desires granted. No lack. Lacking nothing. Now go to Psalm 34, verse 8 through 10. We read that couple times here. Let's read it again tonight. Is that all right? Yes, Psalm 34, verse uh, 8 through 10. Let's go back to the New King James Version on that. Psalm 34, 8 through 10. Glory to God. Oh, taste and see that, that the Lord is what? Good. Good. Shout it again. Good. 
is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Empowered to prosper. That's what blessed means. All right? It also means happy. Okay? Verse 9. Verse 9. Oh, fear the Lord, you and saints. There is no want to those who fear him. That word want, if you have a good Bible in your uh, margin, it'll have for the word want, a little number by it, and it'll say lack. So we could say there is no lack to those who fear him. How much lack? Come on, how much? No lack to those who fear him. Do you fear him? So there should be no lack in any area of our lives. Then verse uh, 10, please, verse 10. The young lions lack and suffer hunger. But those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. The word thing is italicized probably in your Bible, which means that the, the translators added it in. Uh, which means we could take it off and still understand it's the same thing. Those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good. Any good. Now, we're talking now more than just your little food, clothing, and shelter. <laughs> we're talking your desires. We're talking about your wants. Shall not lack any good. Good as opposed to evil. I taught you what evil is, the, word, the Hebrew word ra. This is the, the, the Hebrew word good is the Hebrew word tov. It would be spelled in English T-O-W-B, but it's pronounced tov like T-O-V. So it's all pleasant things, right? The word ra, it's opposite. It means it's evil, which means uh, low quality or ugly. So if you are living on low quality or and or ugly, hallelujah, y'all, y'all not mad already. I haven't even said this stuff to make you mad yet. Okay, so if you're dealing with low quality, low quality, low quality or ugly, then you're living in lack. He said we shouldn't lack any good. So good must be high quality and beautiful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel y'all shifting on me here. It's all right. I can handle it. I'm a big boy. I brought my sword with me. Hallelujah. So we shouldn't lack any good thing. So no lack, everybody say no lack, in any area of my life. So we see, now go back here. So we see in verse 9, if we fear the Lord and seek the Lord, verse 9 here, we, we shouldn't lack anything, right? Fear the Lord. There's no, no want or no lack. Then verse 10, verse 10, we seek the Lord, no lack. Got it? Now I want you to see something here, another reason for no lack. Look at uh, Luke 22 and verse 35. Luke 22 and verse 35. I want to make sure we, we, we slap the smack out of lack. <laughs> Y'all didn't think I was going to cuss, did you? We smack the mess out of lack. Hallelujah. 
says God, the Lord said here in Luke twenty two thirty five 35 to his disciples, this is Jesus talking to disciples, and he said to them, when I sent you without money bag, knapsack and sandals, did you lack anything? So they said, nothing. So notice here, we're uh, fearing the Lord, no lack. Seeking the Lord, no lack. Then he says here, when I sent you. So when you are, you and I are sent by God, when we're fulfilling our purpose, fulfilling our assignments, we should lack nothing. Man, I'm teaching you something here, big me y'all letting on. I'm trying to give you a, a way to make sure you don't have any lack in your life. Fear God, seek God, do what he tells you to do. Be about his assignment on your life rather than Oh, man. Rather than uh, seeking out provision. Too many of God's people who love the Lord are trying to, trying to seek out provision as opposed to purpose. So they choose a job, choose a city, choose a vocation, choose a field, Choose whatever they're going to do in life based on how much it can pay. And when they do that, they're, oh, okay, this field pays this much. So what happens is you kind of you can project the kind of lifestyle you expect to live based on the, the pay scale, the salary range for that particular vocation. That's provision-minded. I got to go to get more schooling because I want to increase my lifestyle. So I got to go and get more education. I got to go, go and get another degree because uh, I, if I get more degree, I can, I can uh, live better. Okay, that's still, unless God tells you to, that's still provision-minded. These men that Jesus Christ sent out, he sent them out without money bag, without knapsack, without sandals, and they didn't lack anything. Hallelujah. In other words, they lived on a supernatural, a divine supply. So he doesn't want you living off what your job can do, what your vocation can do, what your, even what your business can do. There's a way to live above all that, and it's called divine supply. It is God supplying your needs to make sure you lack nothing. Yeah. Praise the Lord. So when you and I live off that, we live off divine supply or for them, unlimited resources. So wherever they went, God made sure they were provided for. They didn't even take a knapsack. They didn't even take a money bag. They didn't take anything. And never lacked anything. <laughs> Glory to God. They didn't like any good thing. All right. Okay, let's go back to our scripture we were in here. Deuteronomy chapter 8. We'll keep pressing. Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 7. Deuteronomy 8 verse 7. Don't, don't ever let, y'all listen to me. Don't ever let money fool you. 
Jesus said one of the reasons that things that happen to people, you read it in Matthew 13, Mark 4, Luke 8, when Jesus teaches about the four grounds, one of the things that will make the word of God unfruitful in your life is something called the deceitfulness of riches. So what happens is when you think you have money, then I don't need, I don't need to hear that. See, one of the dangers of when money comes in your life and God does increase you is you, you begin to kind of pull back on your prayer life, pull back on your word life, pull back on your study, pull back on your praise and worship, pull back on your time with God. I don't need, I don't need no extra time with God. I'm, I'm going to come on Sunday because you got a little raise. It ain't going to last. The money takes on wings, the Bible says. And so uh, you can't let riches deceive you. Because, oh man, the level of, of financial power God is talking about today in this end times for the body of Christ is if we took all of our jobs and put it together, it ain't it. Ain't it. Um, it's, it's going to take billions. <laughs> you and I can't work that many hours. <laughs> Not to get there. Okay? So we got we to gotta really, really shake off this, I'm doing all right thing. Okay? Praise God. All right, now, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 7. I just wanted to say that. I want to throw that in there. Because you can't, you can't be doing all right and be all right with God. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 7, all right? So notice what Moses is preaching. God is bringing you into He's saying you're not there yet. Tell your neighbor you're not there yet. But you're on your way. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey. Verse 9, a land in which you will eat bread. How? Without scarcity, without portion control here. You not, won't be bare to making it. In which you will what? Lack nothing. A land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. Okay, so we're talking about a land where you lack nothing. So, okay, now where are they right now in this, in this Deuteronomy 8? Huh? Say it loud. They're in the wilderness. Okay? Now I want to tonight, I want to, uh, we're going to challenge your mind about wilderness. So they're in the wilderness, and God says to them through Moses, I'm, you're, you're going to a land where you're going to eat bread without scarcity in which you will lack nothing. You're going to, I'm taking you into a land where you're going to eat bread without scarcity, and you're going to lack nothing. You're going to the promised land. More than enough. Now you're in the wilderness 
which is what? Say it again. Y'all have heard it before, right then? So just enough. Okay. Praise God. So, <laughs> well, let me take you somewhere. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 2. Because uh, if you ever went to a new airport that you've never been to, a new mall you've never been to, a new uh, large facility you've never been to, and you want to really get to where you're going, you want to go to a place called a directory. They have a directory that'll have all them, all the stores and all the places, the restaurants and so, so forth. And they'll have some of the points that says, you are here. You are here. If you punch in a GPS on your phone and you're driving somewhere, it'll, it'll make sure you know here's where you are. Your, your destination is here, but you are here. And I want to make sure tonight uh, I help you identify where you are currently. Because I don't want anybody to think you're somewhere where you're not. Okay? Because, let, me, let me just say it. Because if I were to ask and survey most of you in here tonight and ask, okay, are you in Egypt? Are you in the wilderness? Are you in the promised land? I guarantee you 98.87% of y'all would say, I'm in the All right. Now let's go to Deuteronomy because I'm going to show you something. I want you to really, really know, and this not me, it won't be me picking on you. I want you to, to see where you really are. Because, doggone I want you to get hot, stinking mad. Deuteronomy 2, verse 1. I'm going to go all the way back to verse 1. This is Moses. Now, the whole book of Deuteronomy, they're in where? Okay, so in Deuteronomy chapter, chapter 2, they're in the wilderness. Moses is talking to them. Talking to them. Uh, the, the word Deuteronomy means second law, or it's, it's the second giving of the law. He's, he's given the law to them in, back in Leviticus and so forth, uh, in Exodus, the, the, the commandments, Leviticus, the law. Here in Deuteronomy, he's given it to them, to them again. They're on the brink of going into the promised land. So he's giving them some heads up. But they're currently in the wilderness. So part of what he does for the book of Deuteronomy is to backtrack and retrace their steps and say, I want you to see where you have come from, what has happened, uh, what's going on, so you're prepared to go into this next place. Now, we just read in Deuteronomy chapter 8, God is bringing you into a good land. Down to verse 9, he says, you'll, you'll eat bread without scarcity and you will lack nothing. Got it? So in our mind... It'll be when I get to the promised land, I'll lack nothing. Got it? Okay, so now let's go to chapter 2, verse 1. He's talking to him here. It says, then we turned and journeyed into the? Of the way of the Red Sea, as the Lord spoke to me. And we skirted Mount Seir for many days. We circled around Mount Seir many days. And the Lord spoke to me, saying, you've skirted this mountain long enough. Y'all ever heard somebody preach that? You've been around this mountain long enough. All right? Turn northward. In other words, God says it's time for you to get up out of this wilderness. It's time for you to get up out of this wilderness. Y'all listening to me? Verse 4. And command the people, saying, 
you are about to pass through the territory of your brethren, the descendants of Esau, who live in Seir, and they will be afraid of you. Therefore, watch yourselves carefully. His enemy is going to be looking at you. Verse 5. Now, let's look at this. Do not meddle with them, for I will not give you any of their land. No, not so much as one footstep, because I've given Mount Seir to Esau as possession. That's not your land. Now, verse 6, you shall buy food from them with money. That you may eat. So you're going to eat food you buy with money. Then he said, you shall also buy water from them with money that you may drink. So you're going to drink water that you buy with money. Verse 7. You ready? You ready? For the Lord your God has blessed you in all the work of your hand. He knows your trudging through this what? Through this what? Great wilderness. Oh Lord, the wilderness I'm going through. These how long? The Lord your God has been with you. You have lacked nothing. So he said, in the wilderness, you lack nothing. Now, I were to survey... 98% of the body of Christ worldwide and say, where are you today? Are you in Egypt? Or are you in the wilderness? Or are you in the promised land? 98% of the world, if I were to survey everybody, 98% of the whole church would say, I'm in the wilderness. I ain't reached my promised land yet, but thank God I'm not in Egypt no more. Yet God says, in the wilderness, you lack nothing. So in God's mind, if you still have lack, you are not in the wilderness. You are still back here in Egypt. Now, I don't, I don't want you, no, I, you know, yes, I do. I want you to be mad, but don't be mad at me. I want you to get mad if you're in this situation about where you are because you thought you were in the wilderness. But in the wilderness, God said you had no lack because that's why he said when you go, you can buy money, uh, buy food with your money. Buy water with your money. Because they didn't have no lack. He brought them out. Oh, God. Psalm 105. Go over there. Psalm 105. Psalm 105. Psalm 105, verse 37. Glory to God. Glory to God. You are here. He also brought them out with what? Silver and gold. Silver and there was no feeble one among their tribe, among his tribes. So he brought them out with silver and gold. So until you have silver and gold, you ain't out. 
and plenty of it. If you are in debt, D-E-B-T, you are not in the wilderness. I hate to bust y'all bubble. Y'all doing so well. But based on scripture, you're still in Egypt. Kirkland, I, I, I'm so proud of y'all, man. But based on scripture, you're still in Egypt. Because, you know, when they came out of Egypt, when they went into the promised land, he canceled all their debts. In the wilderness, they had no debt. Not in the promised land. In the, oh, y'all, y'all don't, don't get mad at me. In the wilderness, they had no debt. See, I'm telling you, and if, if you don't identify where you actually are, then you're trying to operate like you're in the wilderness. But you're not there yet. He brought them out with silver and gold. Passed through the Red Sea. And he canceled the debt. How did he cancel the debt? He killed the creditor. He shut, he shut the company down. You called you call on the accounts. The accounts no longer existed. You called on the account. The company had shut down. The company on file bankruptcy. We don't, we don't know what happened. We can't find your account. Cancel debt. See, and when you're fully out of debt, when you're fully out of debt, now you're in the wilderness. No, I got debt. I got, I got plenty. No, the whole reason you had the debt because you didn't have enough. If you had enough, you, would, you wouldn't have financed the car. If you had enough, you wouldn't have financed the house. If you had enough, you wouldn't have financed this, and you wouldn't finance the school. You did, you, the reason you financed is because you, you had not enough. Let's not, let's, not, let's, not, let's not be crazy about it. We just, let's just be honest, right? Right? I'm not picking on you because I know, I know fully well about debt. I know fully well. I've been there. I mean... Uh, I talked to y'all about some shameful stuff Sunday. I mean, I didn't mention my bankruptcy. Yeah, full out bankruptcy. That's shameful, man. You got to stand in front of a judge and declare you broke and everybody in the court looking at you. See, y'all know nothing about that. Y'all just, <laughs> that's shameful. I've been through it. I've been through it for you. I've been through it for you. You ain't got to go through it. It never happened to me again. <laughs> Glory to God. So, debt, lack, poverty is Egypt condition. Not wilderness condition. Wilderness condition, there was no debt and no lack. They had 
enough to buy their own food and buy their own water. But how come God had to give them water to rock? Because they weren't at a place yet where there was water. But as soon as they got to a store, y'all let's sing. Oh boy. Some of y'all get mad at this, but you can get mad here and get glad later. If you are depending on somebody else to buy your food and water, you are in Egypt. Disability, social security, government, pension, anything, you depend on any of that stuff. Food stamps, AFDC, HUD. I'm I'm going to mess y'all up on this. Because y'all can get mad and you can get mad and we can go go home early. If you have to have your kids in public school, which is, public school is no different than public housing, then you are still in Egypt. Y'all don't like that, but I'm going to tell you. Public school is government schooling. That's like public housing is government housing. That's like public welfare is government food. So don't you look down on somebody who who on welfare and your kids in public school. Don't look down on them. It's it's public. It's public. Now I'm not picking on you about that. I just I, I want to make sure you don't you don't toot your nose up because you're not getting food stamps. But you're getting free education. What's different than free education and free cheese? So once you identify where you are, you know, people, wealthy people, they, they kids out in public school. That's, that's. Even the Democrats, the Democrats who are the proponents of public school, the wealthy Democrats, their kids are not in public school. Molly and Sasha did not go to public school. We're proponents. We're proponents, advocates of public school. Where are your kids? Oh, they go to uh, St. Christian Academy of the Arts. And... Alright <laughs> about it? Yeah, they don't, they don't even go to public universities. Ivy League or UM, University of Miami is not a public school. That's a private. You know, this, this is, I'm just, I'm just, don't get mad at me. I'm just trying to make sure we understand to not think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. Don't think you're in the wilderness and you're actually in Egypt. Because if you think you're in the wilderness, then in your mind, you don't need a prophet to bring you out. You think I'm good. I'm just here just because, just you know, it's Wednesday. I'm just here because, you know, it's, it's, it's Wednesday night, you know. I'm going to make sure I show my face and I don't pass a talking about me. See, because you, you think in your mind, oh, I'm in the wilderness. You're not. You're not in the wilderness, baby. Bro, man, you're, not in, you're, in, you're still in Egypt. Leeks and cucumbers and onions and melons and fish. Flesh pots. But you got to make them bricks. And the man gonna make it harder and harder to make them bricks. Sir. Got it? Powerful, sir. 
so you're not into the, in the wilderness until you lack nothing. Oh, Jesus, I better move ahead. I better move ahead. Now, remember, remember I read, uh, yeah, this is it. He brought them out also, he also brought them out, rather, with silver and gold. So they came out of Egypt, they're in the wilderness with silver and gold. Well, Pastor, that's, that's good. Well, that's good, but that ain't the promised land. You want to know how you know we hit the promised land? You want to know? Go back to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Because in the wilderness, you got silver and gold. In the wilderness, you have enough money to manage. You can buy your own food. You can buy your own clothes. You can buy your own water. You can pay your own way. And you don't have to borrow no money to do it. You, and you don't have to pay a late fee for doing it late. Y'all don't like that. You can do it on time. You can do it early. I know I'm in the wilderness. Because I, I pay bills. As soon as a bill comes, I just pay it. I don't, I don't care when the due date is. I have no regard for due dates. Zero. I, all my bills, they come by e, e, electronic delivery, whatever. The bill comes, I get an email, boom. Send it off, boom, there it is. Because I, first of all, I avoid the pressure of a due date. I don't think about it no more. It's, it's done, it's out the way. Look at these. Glad is on the other side of that. See, we came out of, out of Egypt. We knew we were in Egypt. We didn't fake about being in the wilderness. We knew we were in Egypt. And we needed a prophet, Hosea 12, 13, to bring us out of, out of Egypt. So God sent along a man, apostle back then, we called him Pastor Philip D. Derber, who made us mad. Good, hot, and stinking man. Come up in our church, gonna preach that stuff in our church. Then we gotta go feed them. <laughs> and talk one on one, they just, oh, don't, God, don't. Then I remember they, they talking to us and talking to us, and you know, they're talking about, you know, how to do this thing. And we, we thought we were still smart. We went and financed another car. A bigger one. We're going to get a bigger one. Badder than that one. Be smart. Let's show them. And Pauline, you said that. That's not really what we said. <laughs> That's just Pauline saying that. What we showed was us. We stupid. Because it wasn't a payment. We could afford a payment. It wasn't an issue. But we, once you realize that's Egypt condition, then, I, then we need to see God, we're going to take what you can supply, not what Egypt can supply. I don't care about y'all getting mad. Egypt, Egypt will have terms and conditions, all that kind of stuff. The moment they give you that, you know it's Egypt. 
Then I tell y'all to go. Because we came out with silver and gold. So the wilderness, we already have silver and gold. This is, I'm talking about what the Bible says here. Well, how do we know if we already got silver and gold in, what we got to go to the promised land for? Well, Deuteronomy chapter 8. Look over here. Now, we left over verse 10, right? Pick up at verse 11. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes, which I command you today. Verse 12. Now, watch these uh, promised land conditions. Lest when you have what? Eaten and what? Are full. Now, this, that, ain't, that ain't wilderness here. In the wilderness, they kept getting hungry. He said, eat in the full, and then look at this next thing, how you know you made it. And have built. Oh, Lord. Oh, my God. And have built. Beautiful houses. Why would he put in there dwelling them? Because I owe nobody else for it. Can't nobody else put me out of it? I mean, he, why would the Holy Ghost bother to put dwelling them in there? It'll be implied if I'm going to build a house, I'm going to dwell in it. No, he's saying when you build beautiful houses and can't nobody take it from you. How you gonna know when you've arrived in the promised land and the promised land just get bigger and bigger and bigger? I don't want you to think you arrive, you can stop. I'm talking about, but when you arrive in a place where now you you eaten and you full, I don't mean big belly, I'm talking about you just you got everything you could ever need and want and desire, eating in the full. And then you build beautiful houses. Did he say houses? Well, he's talking to a whole group. No, he's talking to each person. Each person, when you build houses, he didn't say when you all have eaten. He said when you have eaten. <laughs> I don't care about y'all little semantics. When you have eaten and are full and have, beat, have built beautiful houses and dwell in them. Now watch now. Remember they came out with silver and gold. And when your herds and your flocks multiply. Now that didn't happen in the wilderness. That didn't happen in Egypt. They multiply in the promised land. And your silver, watch this here. He brought them out with silver and gold. Silver and gold is a wilderness condition. When you got all your debt paid off, and you have jingle in your pocket now? That's a wilderness condition. That means you're on your way. You can't shout yet, I understand. He says, but over here, your silver and gold are multiplied and all that you have is multiplied. It's overflow. Everything just keeps on increasing. Oh, y'all. Did it say, well, all you have is multiplied? Silver and gold multiplied. Flocks and herds multiplied. Notice it didn't say added. See, when you debt free, 
working a job, you're in the wilderness. Y'all didn't like that. <laughs> I'm going to smack lack all upside it. When you debt free and working a job, it's still wilderness. Because working a job, you don't multiply. You just add. There's no multiplication in your job. In, in a job, you work eight hours, they add eight hours of pay to you. But when you have your own business, when you have investment, when you have your money making money, when you went instead of now you paying compound interest back in Egypt, now you're receiving compound interest in Canaan. Y'all get mad all you want to, I'm going to keep on preaching it. When instead of you paying it back in Egypt, now you're receiving it over here in Canaan. Now your, your gold and silver is being multiplied. Now strangers are standing and feeding your flocks. That's that's where you're going. See now you're in the wilderness. Mac, you're in the wilderness. Thank you, Lord. Lord have mercy. Ask your neighbor, do you know where you are? Go to 1 Corinthians 10. 1 Corinthians 10. I read this here last Sunday, I think it is. 1 Corinthians 10. Verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware of all that all our fathers wanted to cloud all pass through the sea. This is them, they come out of Egypt. All baptized into Moses in the, in the cloud and in the sea. That's through the Red Sea. Now here in the wilderness now, watch this, Sister Annie. They're in the wilderness now. They all ate the same spiritual food, manna, but also hearing the word of God. I'm going to get that to you in a minute. And all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Verse 5. Now listen, Sister Hattie. You listening? Mac, Annie, you listening? Grandma, you listening? We the, we the wilderness bunch. But with most of them, God was not well pleased. For their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. That means that there were people who made it into the wilderness and stopped there. They got comfortable. I can buy my own water now. <laughs> I, can, I can buy my own, my, own, my own meat now. I can buy my own... I got a cooler full of meat. I, what y'all call them things? Deep freeze. I got a deep freezer full of meat. You, wilderness. Yeah, nobody. That's, that's, that's hoarding mentality. So, so y'all who are in, in Egypt, I don't know who you are. You can identify yourself. But uh, if you look at the folk that's in, in the wilderness, the folk in the wilderness need to be 
just as hot and on fire as the ones that's back in Egypt. Because if you're in the wilderness, you ain't arrived yet. Matter of fact, you have a better chance of dying in the wilderness. At least over here you got leeks and onions. <laughs> you got some, something back here. You got a desire to get out of here. But you be over here, man, and you're like, oh, man. You arrive, and what happens? You, you kind of pull back on your, on your praise, pull back on your little prayer, pull back on your, on your worship, pull back on your word time. And what happens is, the Bible says with many of them, God, most of them God was not well pleased for their bodies were scattered. In the King James it says it better, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. That means they had a little bit of, little bit of silver and gold and thought, Shh, I can kick back now. In other words, God was not well pleased because they didn't make it to the promised land. So God's not happy with any of us being in Egypt, and he's not happy with any of us being in the wilderness. He is not satisfied until you and I are over here in the promised land. Y'all see that? Preaching lacking nothing. Lacking nothing in the wilderness. Lacking nothing in the promised land. The difference in the promised land was but things being multiplied exponentially. In the promised land or in the wilderness, I lack nothing, but it's still scarcity, so I have to only think about myself. In the promised land, there's no scarcity and no lack so now I'm supplying the needs of many others. When you look at the scriptures that God, uh, directions God gave them in places like Deuteronomy, uh, if you were to read chapter 15, it talks about God says in that land there should be no poor among you. He says there will be some poor. He says so when, when they come to you, open your hands and you just give them everything they want to, that they want. So he wasn't talking about in the, in the wilderness. Talking about in the promised land. So he wants to take you to a place where you don't lack anything, not just anything for yourself. You don't lack anything so that you can bless people and still not even think about what you have. Why? Because it just keeps on multiplying. Oh, man. I'll stop if y'all want me to stop. So there's no debt, poverty, or lack in the wilderness. Got it? If you're still there, you need a prophetic voice. I gave you this here a couple weeks ago. When you hear and respond to a prophetic voice, you'll be delivered out of financial bondage and into prosperity. Right? Psalm 68, verse 6. Put on the screen for me, please. Psalm 68, verse 6. says, God sets the solitary in families. He brings out those who are bound into prosperity. But the rebellious will dwell in a dry or in a parched land. 
So you don't want to be dwelling there. You want to be dwelling in a place of prosperity. Notice it says he brings those who are bound into prosperity. So he means to bring you out of Egypt all the way into prosperity. Got it? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Now, go back to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Thank you, Lord. I love y'all enough to tell you the truth. I want to ring this bell every week. Now, remember what I said here, that you need a voice, a prophetic voice to bring you out. God brought them out with silver and gold. He says in Hosea 12, 13, by a prophet, the Lord brought them out of Egypt. Right? Okay. Now, he's trying to bring you out of Egypt, but into the promised land, not into the wilderness. But you'll, in the wilderness, you'll lack nothing. I think you ought to, you really ought to get more excited about that because that tells me when you're at the place of lacking nothing, that's good, but you're just getting started. That's why I know I have no doubt my wife and I will be extremely rich. Why? Wow, we already lack nothing. But we're not in the promised land. We're just in the wilderness. <laughs> it ain't multiplying yet. Now Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 1. Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go in and possess what? The land which the Lord swore to your fathers. Verse 2. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness. Where? 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you to know what was in your heart. Notice the humbling and testing didn't come in Egypt. The humbling and testing came in the wilderness. Now remember in the wilderness he tells us here they didn't lack anything. So when he almost didn't test you, it's not with lack. So don't let the religious folk tell you that. Well, I'm sure I'm going through. I'm poor, broke as a first copy of the Ten Commandments, but. <laughs> so, 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. That's that area of testing in the wilderness here. Verse 3. And I'm telling you, it's an area of testing. Because, because in the wilderness, all of a sudden, when you got some little money to buy your own food, little money to buy your own water, you, you can, it's easy to stop using your faith. Oh, I can't tell you time my wife and I have had to have that conversation since 2017. Okay, we got to remind ourselves, okay, we can't all of a sudden start doing everything now on our own. We have to keep, we have to force ourselves, keep using our faith. Because if you stop using your faith, you know where you're going to be? back in Egypt. You'll draw back all the way to destruction. 
So watch this here. So he humbled you, verse 3, allowed you to hunger and fed you. So allowed you to hunger, meaning he, he, the way he led them, there weren't any Walmarts or any Popeye's chicken places. No Chick-fil-A for all Chick-fil-A. There were no Wawa's, D. There was none. There, so, all right? He, the way he led them, there, there was no uh, natural provision to be had. When, when, once they got around there, around Mount Seir, he said, okay, now buy with your money. So it says, he allowed them to uh, hunger and fed you, he says, with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know. Why? That he might make you know, listen to this, ladies and gentlemen, that man, that you shall not live, that word live is the Hebrew word kaya, mm -hmm. by bread alone or by natural means, but man lives, that word kaya literally means lives prosperously. You look it up in the Hebrew, it means to live prosperously. prosperously. So man lives prosperously by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. So you're going to live prosperously, not by your work, but by the word. Not by your job and your skill, but by the word. Man will live prosperously by every word. So I've got to heed every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. That's why you need a prophet. That's why you need to hear God. That's why you need to spend time with God. That's why you need to, when you spend time with God, whatever he says unto you, do it. Because whatever he tells you to do, it is, the purpose is to bring you into a living, prosperously uh, lifestyle. Got it? Glory to God. Now he says, he says, this is what happens to you in the wilderness. So you will know. When you get over there, we're still in chapter 8, right? Yes. So you will know when you get over there to not start living by what you do. Right. You'll know to live by the word. Glory to God. Oh, man, I was sitting there today, and I was just, just running through my mind. Uh, this is Oliver's teaching this morning in, in the morning prayer session. And talk, talking about our thought life. And I was thinking about what, how, how God uh, changed my life through my thought life from me thinking on his word. And I thought about how much time my wife and I both, and even when we weren't together, when I was just by myself cutting the yard or back then when I was cutting hair, how much time I spent in the word to get my thoughts formed by the word of God. When I, I, my wife would tell you, I'd be out there cutting the grass, and cutting the grass, I'd always have my headphones on. And I wasn't listening to music. I'm listening to the word of God, either the preach word of God, or I would, I would have the word of God being read to me. My wife tell you, last night I laid down, laid down to go to bed, and when I laid down to go to bed, I put headphones on, and I listened to the word of God being read to me. Yes, 
doing what they're doing? It's the word of God. My mind is being renewed by the word of God. So now the word of God frames all my thoughts. So I think prosperously. You can't, you can't think otherwise if, you, if, you, if you're thinking on this. I think healthy. I think happy. I think successful. Why? I'm constant, ladies and gentlemen. Please, I don't want you to just, just over what I'm saying. I don't have time for much else. My wife will tell you that. My kids will tell you that. I don't have time for much else. I'm not there yet. Talk to the podium. And podium, if you're not there yet, you ain't got time for much else. You ain't got time for all the stupid TV shows. All the dumb movies. All the entertainment. I'm doing this, and I'm doing this, and I'm doing, I'm involved in this. You, you give more time, y'all getting mad, and it's all right. You give him more time to that, and you give God 15 minutes maybe in the morning. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Man shall live prosperously by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. If you're not living prosperously, you don't have enough word. I'm clapping myself. If you're not living prosperously, you don't have enough word. And get mad at me, doggone all you want to, but I'm going to keep telling you, you don't have enough word. I do. I heard the word. You, man does not live by, you, uh, doesn't say faith comes by what you heard. Faith comes by hearing. Faith doesn't come by what you heard. It comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. You got to saturate yourself in the word of God. Man shall live prosperously by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. You ain't in a place yet where you use your silver and go multiply? Flocks and herds multiplying. If you're not there yet, come on now. Let your cousins do that. Let your auntie and them do all that. If they call you and give you a report about what happened on the stories, praise God, Jane did this, Jill did so on and so forth. Oh, pray. Who is that? And by now, you don't forget who Jane and Jill are. I ain't got time for Jane and Jill, Victor, Newman, all of them. I ain't got time for all that mess. What? They getting paid for you knowing their stuff. Man, I, thought, I I'd be sitting there, I'd be cutting hair. I, I'd, I'd repent many times. I'd be sitting there cutting people hair with headphones on both ears. Now, you know, you're supposed to be talking to your customers and everything. I wouldn't be talking. I'm listening to the word. Man, praise God. 
I'm praise God. I'm, I'm, I'm soaking it up, man. I'm renewing my mind. I say, what? What'd you say now? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say it again. You won't? Okay, all right. I put the headphones back in. And I know that was wrong, but I'm not doing that no more. I worded my way out the shop. Now, nothing wrong with being in the shop. Don't get me wrong. But that wasn't where God needed me to be. See, I couldn't be in the shop today, full-time cutting hair, even part-time cutting hair every day, all day, and come and give y'all preceding word. And when it came time for me to leave the shop and go full-time in ministry, it took some faith to do that. And Lord, Lord knows I, didn't, I wasn't there yet. I had to get in the word so I can get there. But how are we going to live prosperously? By every word proceeds from the mouth of God. Man, I'm all out of time. I didn't know. Wow. Wow. Man, I want y'all to live prosperously. I want you out of Egypt so quick, fast, and in a hurry. And then I don't want to spend 40 years in the wilderness. I ain't going to do 40 years, man. That's a long time. The Bible even says it was an 11-day journey. It was an 11-day, not year, an 11-day journey. Do you know why they spent 40 years? They spent 40 years as a punishment, one year for every day that they were in that, when they went to spot the land and said, we can't get there. Go back and read the story in the book of Numbers. Read the story in the book of Numbers. They went there, spot the land out. Twelve of them went out there. Ten back, came back and said, we can't do it. The crowd went along with those and said, we can't do it. They had spotted out for 40 days. He said, tell you what, for every day you spent there and came back with a bad report, you're going to spend one whole year in the wilderness. So all y'all die off and your children rise up. It was supposed to be 11 days. So we need a quick work. Quick work. Quick work. Hallelujah. Oh, I listened to that the other day. Oh, I did. I had to go back and play that a few times. My prayer time, probably I think it was Thursday or Friday, one of those days, I had to go and play that a few times. That prophetic word God spoke through uh, Apostle Durbin over my life years ago, 2011, matter of fact, it was. March 2011, he spoke that word over my life. And that's what he said. He said, that's not your dream, that's my dream. Are you hearing this? In other words, the, the, your biggest dreams, God said, that's not your dream. He says, he goes and says, you didn't dream that up. I gave you that dream. I gave you that want. To want, to dream big. There's nothing that you and I can't do, says your God. See, it's not, it's not your dream. It's God's dream. That's why it says with most of them he was not well pleased because they got overthrown short of the dream. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Go back here. You still uh, Deuteronomy 8. 
Man, I ain't gonna get anywhere near I wanted to get. Look, go back to Deuteronomy 8. We left off about you uh, building houses and all that kind of good stuff and silver and gold multiplied. Verse 14, when your heart is lifted up, you forget the Lord your God. This is what he wanted you. When you get over there, he's going to take you somewhere where it's going to be so big, it's going to be easy to forget God. He said, you brought, brought, you up, brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. First, that's first step. 15, who led you through that great ter- and terrible wilderness in which were what? Fire, serpents, and scorpions. So he gave you uh, supernatural security. And thirsty land where there was no water, who brought water for you out of the flinty rocks, so supernatural supply. Verse 16, who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your father did not know, that he might humble you and that he might test you to do you good in the end. In the end, you're going to get to good. In the end, you're going to get to pleasant. In the end, you're going to get to beautiful. In this middle area here, if you still, if there's still poor quality anywhere, you ain't made it. Poor quality. I told y'all a couple weeks ago, if you buy the belt and the belt starts start peeling and the strings start hanging, it's poor quality. Just throw it in the garbage. You scuff the shoes and you can see the white because they weren't leather. Throw them in the garbage. Oh, it just got quiet. <laughs> oh, I've arrived. You ain't arrived nowhere. You ain't made it nowhere yet. Now, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to mention ugly. I'm just talking about poor qualities. <laughs> ugly is a, ugly. That's, you know, that's. Opinion, you know, that's an odd holder. But poor quality, you can kind of gauge that pretty easy. Praise the Lord. The lining come out the back of the suit is poor quality. Come on, sir. Ask your neighbor, are you mad yet? Everybody, oh, we praise God. We got excited, man. People went to International Mall, went to all them stores. People went to UTC, went to those stores down there in Sarasota, went to good, man. They're good. Can I tell you something? That ain't the best. That ain't even the best. Yeah. That, <laughs> we went Neiman Marcus. That ain't the best. I mean, no, 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 don't give me, that's a department store, that's one of the best department stores. I'm talking about, talking about brands. Gucci, we was in Gucci. Oh, that ain't the best. I have Gucci stuff. All right, Ferragamo stuff, I got that, kind of, I got that, but that ain't the best. I got st- all them stores in there, I got stuff in all them stores and all that, I got all that stuff. In fact, I was, I was going to wear my, I, I got a Gucci belt. I was going to wear it. Sunday Lord said, don't wear it. They can't handle it. Am I, am I lying? I was getting dressed, had my belt on, and my, I said, I took it off. She said, why are you taking the belt off? The Lord said, don't wear it. They can't handle it. 
I rolled it right back up, put it in the pouch that they gave it to me in. You don't hang those. You, you, they come in pouches. Protective pouches. My Ferragamo, the buckle comes in a pouch, then the whole belt goes in a pouch. And I have it. But that ain't the best. That ain't nowhere, nowhere near the best. The highest quality stuff? Gershon, would you remember you showed me them, them watches Sunday? Million dollar watches. Watches that'll, that'll cost more than all our houses put together. For a watch. That, that's, that's, that's too much. It's called extravagant. Remember that extravagant grace? I'm going to get to this Sunday. Depending on what, I, what, I'm, what I'm wearing, I might wear the Gucci belt Sunday to make you mad. Uh, Cause I'm, I'm gonna show you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you this thing here, what God wants you to do. I'm gonna just give you a heads up. In Isaiah 55, the Lord tells you, let your, let your soul delight itself in abundance. God said, I, I need, I need you to let yourself enjoy stuff. And I'm gonna show you, I'm gonna teach on that word delight. One word, a part of delight means to, to, uh, to sport. And the word sport means to display or wear ostentatiously. Not in Egypt, right. You can't do that in Egypt. So there's a place where God wants you to show the stuff off and tell him I gave it to you. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. That's what that word, when you read, look at, look at that word, that word sport literally means to boast. I'm going to show it to you. I'll teach it to you on Sunday. They put up already. They can take it back down. Don't cheat on me. Because then y'all won't come Sunday. I'm just going to show you. See, I, I got I to keep making you mad. With the purpose of you getting glad. Hallelujah. Now listen to this. Let's, let's read this and we're done. What we left off, verse 16, 8, 16, Deuteronomy 8, 16, to do you good in the end. Now watch what he warns us of, Deke. In other words, you're going to be so rich. This is what he's saying, Deke. This, this is how rich he wants you to be, that he says, but it's going it's to be tempting to say this. See, if you, if you broke or just barely getting by, you ain't even tempted to say this. But, but when you get the way he wants you to be, you're going to be tempted to say this. Then you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gained me this, this, this what? And you shall remember the Lord your God. Here it is, all the folk who like to be poor. For it is he who gives you power, anointing, impartation to get wealth that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Tierra Verde. God can do that. 
just as easy as he can put somebody in Bethel Heights. It's no different to God. Shante, what would make you go out of all neighborhoods to go visit Tierra Verde? You know, people, your family, if you told them, I'm, I'm, I want to go visit, girl, you better stay on them people. They're going to get you going. <laughs> but I have news for you. That thought did not come from you. It came to you because God is going to take you, you and yourself, who've been through all you've been through, he's going to take you and put you right into everybody where all the folk going to say, and I know that's got to be God because ain't no in the world Shantae could have been into everybody. Watch it happen. Watch it happen. And he's going to do it for the world, but he's going to do it for some of the church folk who sit right up in here. Tierra means ground or land. Verde means green. Fresh, prosperous, good. I'm taking you into a Tierra Verde. Where they got irrigation systems built in. You ain't got to hook your water hose up to no little. You ain't water by hand. Irrigation, you sleep at night to think just pop the gumps. The grass is green. green. With all them Santa Spurs. <laughs> Mark my words. I'm speaking as your prophet. You will be there. You will be there. And your sons, sons, and your daughter will see it Watch it and follow it. Wow, she just didn't, she did that under a prophetic unction. Wow, the man of God said so. Watch it. Watch it. Just watch it. Watch it. Remember when you ain't had no job, Shantae? And somehow every month your rent was getting paid? That means he didn't need a job to pay your rent then. And when you get to Tierra Verde, he ain't gonna need your job to pay it over there. It's the same God. It's the same God. It's the same God. 
the same God. He said, I'm bringing you into the land. <laughs> you just make sure you get over there. You don't forget the Lord your God. And you don't change your praise. And you don't change your worship. And you don't change your dance. And you don't change your shout. And you don't change your prayer life. Because you know God told the children of Israel, you get over there and you start acting crazy that the land will spew you out. You can't forget God. That's what's wrong with America. That's what's wrong with all our brothers. When I say brothers, our black brothers and sisters who we've been fighting, we fought to overcome. And then we overcame. And now on Sunday mornings, they all home washing their little Cadillac. We passed by one day, saw, saw our, some of our brothers that cut in the yard on a Sunday morning in the rain. In the rain. Cutting the yard in the rain. They don't forgot God. They don't need God no more. Got my little house. <laughs> Not me. Not me. My prayer life hadn't dropped back at all. It's increased. My praise and worship hadn't dropped back at all. It's increased. I never praise the way I do now. I'm not talking about here. I'm talking about at home. Folks <laughs> can think I'm crazy all they want to, but I'm going to praise me some God. I said, I'm going to praise me some God. I was in Egypt bound, bound in Egypt, and he brought me out. But praise me some God. Glory to God. He is good. He is good. Thank you, Lord. Now, Father, thank you so much tonight for every person in this room, even those who are watching online. I pray that, Father, you've helped us to all accurately identify our location. You know how to locate us right where we are. Thank you for helping us to see where we are and to not have any misconception and to not think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. But Lord, to thank you, Lord, we thank you that God, that even if we are in Egypt, you sent a, you sent a prophet, you sent a prophetic voice because you're not going to let us stay there. You told Moses you have seen the affliction of your people. You've seen what the, what the Egyptians have done to them. You know the oppression, the misery, the poverty, the sorrow, the pain. You said you've come down to deliver them. You said when they come out, they will not come out empty-handed. We'll come out with our hands full. So thank you, Father. Every person today, this evening, Lord, who's in Egypt, especially in the area of their finances, that, God, you bring everyone out, Lord, with their hands full, loaded with silver and gold, and that there will be no feeble one among them at all, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, that God, that you bring everyone out into the wilderness, Lord, that we'll have no lack. We'll have supernatural supply, supernatural uh, protection, supernatural provision coming to us all around, and that, God, we, we vow that we will not be overthrown in the wilderness. We see the example that those, those uh, rebels left in the wilderness, God. We will not follow their example, but, Lord, we'll follow those who, through faith, Faith and patience inherit the promises. Thank you that we're going into that place where silver and gold is multiplied. In that place where we build beautiful houses and dwell in them. Where our flocks and our herds, our investments, whatever we have, Lord, our seed is working on our behalf. Hallelujah. Yeah, Lord, I teach on that Sunday. I'll do it. Hallelujah. 
Because God, you, you, you show, you'll show, Lord, about our seed, the importance of our seed, how it brings us out. So thank you, Father, that it is so. God, deliver your people out with a strong right hand and lead us all the way in to that promised land. Thank you that it's so. Now we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Put those hands together as you stand on your feet. Give God a praise and give him honor and give him glory tonight. Come on, I preach too good for that. Give God a praise. <laughs>